I'm so excited about today's episode because we have a guest on the show today who's a woman of courage. She's built an exciting startup with a cool concept that supports how people can cultivate friendships, which you'll enjoy learning about. Friendshipping has been tough, and last year, the foundation of so many friendships were tested during the pandemic. Some people now have so many social circles online, but they still do not feel that they have friends that they can connect with on a deeper level or share certain things with any longer. My guest on the show today has had such an interesting career experience and throughout her transitions, it's been her trusted circle of friends and her network that has kept her going. But before I keep going, I want to share that the episode today is brought to you by Verb Energy Bars. These verb bars are made with organic green tea to provide long-lasting energy without the coffee jitters that some people experience. So they're energizing and yummy. They're also gluten-free and vegan. There are so many awesome flavors to choose from, such as the mint chocolate, the cookie butter, ginger snaps, and they also create new flavors every month. I'm a coffee lover and a huge coffee snob, and I also love snacking, and I'm very picky with my snacks, generally with anything that goes in my body. These bars are so awesome, their quality is really good, and I replace my morning coffee with them on some days when I don't have time to make coffee, or before or after one of my midday workouts. If you'd like to give Verb Energy a try, which I recommend you do, I have a link in the show notes where you can order to get a full pack of your choice with a discount and you also get four additional flavors for free. So back to business. (laughs) In the episode today, you'll learn about my guest and her life's journey how she made friends, how she created a trusted circle of friends, and how she nurtures them continuously, and also a few things she does to stay focused and balanced in her journey. So if you're looking for ways to balance your personal needs with friendships and the busyness of life, or maybe you're just looking to make new friends, or you already have friends and you'd like to connect deeper with them, grab yourself a glass of wine, coffee, or water, get comfortable, and let's listen in. Badassery is a daily practice of self-truth. You don't become badass instantly. You become badass by becoming a person of excellence, which is by having integrity, sticking to your commitments, and being consistent in your actions. Hi, I'm your host Paige, and welcome to the Badass Fabulous podcast, where badass stands for the clarity of your goals and gaining the courage to go after them. And fabulous stands for your state of being after accomplishing those goals. Because life is a never-ending journey of self-growth, on the Badass Fabulous podcast, you'll learn tools and strategies that help you align your body, mind, soul, and actions to your God-given purpose. Thanks for joining, and here is what we have for you today.
So my guest on the podcast today was a dance major in college, and she decided to go to law school to become a lawyer. She then kissed the corporate life away and is now the founder of the sweetest and most meaningful startup, Small Packages, which enables anyone to send out the sweetest and most amazing curated care packages to their friends and loved ones, which she'll tell us more about. Prior to small packages, she also founded a company called Fit Ballet in New York City, which she ran for three years. I would also say that my guest is a prolific writer and she has an amazing article on Medium called The Water Muscle that every entrepreneur needs to check out. And welcoming my guest, here is Julie Schechter to the Badass Fabulous podcast. Welcome, Julie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. So how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here talking to you. Wonderful. So writing, is that something you do regularly or will you be blessing us with some more articles soon on Medium? (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for the kind words. It's something that I love to do. You know, writing is not something that I tend to get a lot of time to work on, you know, while while I'm running a startup, but um, I do it as much as I possibly can. How was the whole initial lockdown experience for you in the initial stages, mentally, physically, emotionally, entrepreneurially, you know, at a soul level, how did you handle it and how have you adjusted now? Yeah, it it was tough. Like, I know that it has been for everyone. Um, I will say on the personal side, I feel very lucky. You know, I'm in a situation, you know, living wise where I have enough space, even though, you know, we are in New York City. And um, so just sort of all of the like very baseline needs are met. On the entrepreneurial side, it's been kind of a wild ride. So we were set up well you know, during social distancing to provide people with a way to connect with folks that they couldn't see in person, right? You know, if they had to celebrate birthdays or, you know, new babies or, you know, talk about the bad stuff too, you know, we were in a good place to help them do that. The crazy part was because some of our brand partners went into shelter in place as well, you know, our supply chain just Mm -hmm. got totally, totally crazy. Um, And so it really required us to be really nimble and kind of figure out on the fly, you know, okay, this candle supplier needs to shut their doors for a minute, we have to find another one. um, And just make sure that we were able to still be serving all of the people that we wanted to help during this moment. Something that came to my mind is small packages must be doing really well during this period because a lot of people can't be with their loved ones. Um, Would you say that's true? Have you found out that you're actually doing way better than before? Yeah, I will say that, I mean, we wouldn't, we would never have taken a global pandemic (laughs) in order to grow um, because of course (laughs) it's had a lot of ill effects for everybody, but Yes, I, we definitely were in a spot where we were able to, you know, serve a need that has been emerging. And, you know, the good thing about being a small startup still is, you know, that we're still nimble enough to kind of 
change based on what's needed in the market. So, you know, when we saw that people were sending, for example, our self-care box and writing in the cards, like, I'm so sorry that your wedding was canceled. We said, okay, well, this seems like a real need. So we kind of pivoted and, you know, rolled out a couple of boxes that spoke directly to the experiences that people were having during the pandemic. Wow, that's amazing. That's a true entrepreneur. (laughs) Problem solving on the fly. Is there something you discovered during the pandemic that was very crucial to your self-growth and also relating to your business? I think probably it's the same thing that I have written about, which is that entrepreneurs are particularly well suited to thrive in chaos. You know, people talk about entrepreneurs as being risk tolerant, but I think the more accurate descriptor might be chaos seeking, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) we can handle when things are, you know, kind of rough and tumble, but it takes sort of a certain personality to like actively seek that out over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that we don't like when things are calm and going our way, (laughs) because of course that's what we're all aiming for. Um, But I think, you know, that that has been a lesson that I've seen is that the other entrepreneurs to whom I'm really close, you know, we're all just sort of like, okay, this is this is the newest (laughs) challenge that we are having to to deal with and learn how to weather. And it's it's certainly different than all of the other ones that have come before. But in a larger underground way. It's right. New waters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So your journey, you're a ballet major, which is all about being free and fluid. And yeah. then you decided to go into law, which I see as a like very constricted and conformed box. Like what made you want to get into law? Yeah, it's it's sort of funny. I mean, ballet is a, a wonderful and beautiful discipline. I would say that it is a pretty structured one as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a body of work to learn and, you know, you're never quite, quite there. You can kind of keep going forever in pursuit of this ideal. Um, but the short answer is really even though I absolutely loved being a dancer and it's something that's part of my life still today. um, You know, I I wanted a career that didn't depend on my body because I saw a lot of folks pursue that. And even if they were successful in auditioning and, you know, getting roles in companies and things, you know, I mean, your career is effectively over, even if you're doing incredibly well by the time you're in your forties and then you have to pivot and find something else at that point. Um, clearly I've done a lot of pivoting anyway, but, <laughs> but at the moment I was thinking that I wanted something, you know, that was going to have some more longevity and structure and in that to it. So after law school, you got a job and after a few days or so, you realized "Mm, this might not be for me. Uh, What's the story behind that? Or how did you realize you were not going to be happy doing law? Yeah, I went from law school to a big corporate firm and 
the people there were lovely, you know, it really didn't have anything to do with the particular establishment. It was more just a real feeling of ill fit professionally. Um, you know, law is a very noble profession and one in which you can do a lot of good, uh, but it does require someone who, you know, wants to absorb a body of work and be, um, you know, really enmeshed in that. And as I got in there, I think I was learning pretty quickly that my skill set led me more in the direction of creation and being able to build something and iterate on it and put it out for other people to enjoy. So that that mismatch became apparent pretty quickly, I think. Right. It sounds like it was a lot of internal battles that was going on with that. Yeah, I think there's always a real struggle when you've invested so many resources, time and money and identity into gearing up for one career. And, you know, you kind of sold it to all of the people around you as the thing that you're going to do. And um, it takes a lot of momentum to kind of turn that ship around <laughs> because it gains velocity as it goes, right? Right. A lot so, of energy, right? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that it was tough, but I think that just kind of speaks to if you're willing to turn that ship around, you know it must really be a bad fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> At what point did you realize like, okay, I've gone to law school, I invested all these resources, and I'm going to turn the ship around now. You know, who did you talk to? Did you have a support system or friends you spoke to, to, you know, talk about your ideas to find out, am I going crazy? Should I just stay in law? Like, what did you do to actually turn the ship around? Well, I think it was a couple of things. One is I tried a couple of different variables. So in the firm where I was employed, I tried a couple of different practice areas. Um, and then I also switched offices within the firm. So I had been in California and I moved to the New York office of the firm. You, know, you, you, try, you try to see if turning certain variables around in an equation makes a big difference. And okay. then... When it didn't, um, I I have what I kind of refer to as like my personal board of directors. Um, you know, the three or four people in my life that I know know me incredibly well, only want the best for me, and kind of crucially don't have an agenda for me. They're not interested in me pursuing any particular path, and so instead of kind of polling my larger network whenever I'm making a really big life decision, I tend to go only to those few people um, because that kind of helps me separate out like the signal from the noise. Um, right. So I had those conversations and that's kind of what led me to decide that I was really ready to sort of pull the plug and, and get off the ship. <laughs> that's amazing. Your personal board of directors. I love that. So how did, like, how did that come about? Were, were they friends you already knew for a long period of time? Or how were you able to build trust to say, okay, these group right here, these people right here are my personal board of directors? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it did take me a long time to build that up. I think it's small conversations along the way, right? And just paying attention to how people 
show up for you? Are they really, you know, invested in your strengths, but seem to always be trying to lead you in a certain direction? Or are they, you know, people who are good sounding boards who, who kind of right. let you take the lead and are good coaches, honestly, right? Like somebody who will hold mm-hmm. your agenda for you and not try to steer you. I think that's kind of the most important variable. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and it's so important to recognize those little things, you know, um, because I don't think people will say, oh, you know, I'm your personal board of directors, but it's really from over time and there are actions that you can tell those things. So those are great points that you um, noted there. So you were in law, you spoke to your personal board of directors. At what point did you know small packages was going to work? And did you just quit your job to do that full time? Or, you know, was it something you dipped your toe in at first? Well, I kind of have done a whole bunch of different things. So I left law entirely to found my first company. Um, right. LA. And I ran that for three years in New York and had a whole team of instructors. And it was a really, really wonderful experience. Um, and then at a certain point, I decided that I wanted to build something a lot more scalable, like something that would be available mm-hmm. to people who weren't just in New York City and able to take live fitness classes. And like, I kind of wanted to speak to a bigger market. Um And so I closed that business down. And when I did that, I took on another corporate job just because as much as I like to, you know, run headlong and fling myself into things, I think it's really important when you're making like a big, big change just to have as few stressors as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Just to sort of like, you know, all right, I'm going to take this other thing that I know. Right. I didn't, you know, kind of turn down the dial there so that I can have like free brain space to think about what I want to do next and and decide on that. So um, I worked at another corporate job for, I want to say probably like a year and a half while I was developing small packages and then ended up um, getting to a point with the company where I was like, okay, this is firing on all cylinders. We got our product market fit going here. We know what we're doing. And then felt comfortable leaving my kind of nine to five in order to pursue it full time. So with small packages, how did that idea come about in the first place? Well, it honestly was something that had been plaguing me for a while. So I'm from LA originally and I was in Boston for law school and then I moved back to LA and then I was in New York. And so I've kind of been all over the place and I've accumulated these like really intense friend groups wherever I've been. And because I was always moving around, like you're always just far from somebody and you're not able to show up for them in like the small, normal, like day-to-day ways. Like they have a breakup. And so you come over with a bottle of wine and you just like sit with them. Right. Um, And I was just so frustrated by my inability to like be the kind of friend that I wanted to be both because of distance and because of just life. Right. Like you're like, Oh, I'm going to make a care package. And then you get halfway done and then like (laughs) in the corner of your room and like, you know, the New York life happens, the business of life. Exactly. And I just, 
you know, I figured this like the absolute entrepreneur cliche, but like, if it's a problem for me, it must be a problem for other people. That's right. <laughs> I couldn't find anything online that was what I wanted and wasn't like really cheesy or like really expensive because I have a lot of friends. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of friends, right? And, right. You know, you might be able to drop a hundred dollars on like your sister, she's having a baby, right? Mm -hmm. like these sort of like day-to-day -day moments, like not a lot of people have the budget to be able to do that all the time. All the time, right. And I, I would say for people listening to this, the prices are so reasonable and the packages are the cutest and oh, they're packages for every occasion that you can think of, both good and bad. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of been the funny thing is like people have actually responded to the quote unquote bad packages even more, right? Oh. Because like, <laughs> that's when you don't know what to do or what to mm, say or what that's to spend. Right. Right. That's right. Yes. In starting small packages, was there a moment where you ever felt you you could see the importance of, you know, law school and starting, you know, the ballet business leading up to small packages and the role it played in that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think law school specifically um, you know, everybody always says like, oh, what a great skill set because you can like do all your own legal work. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I mean, could I? Yeah, probably. But just bandwidth wise, it makes so much more sense to outsource that to someone else. Thankfully, I, I mean, I have a good network of people that mm -hmm. I know that I can do that for. But um, I think the thing that that actually contributed the most to was when you head into law school, like, you know, you have these like textbooks that are like as big as your head, right. <laughs> an entire new language to learn. And at least for me, it was, it was a very intimidating experience, but you learn that you're equal to it. Like you're able to wrap your brain around things that feel like they might stretch it a little too far at first and you come out on the other end and you know you have mastery of it so right. i think the main thing that it taught me was really that i could figure anything out that i had to figure out mm, i like that that's so important because first of all you completed it so that's a big thing there's so yeah. many people who drop out of law school Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. So I almost feel like law school is that thing. If you can do that, you can do, you can conquer anything once you get that done. So that's interesting. Would you say you have different groups of friends that you, you know, reached out to on your journey to small packages or was it always the same circle of friends that you reached out to or do you have like different groups of support systems? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I, I would guess that most people do since we kind of go through these kind of chapters in life. Um yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends back home in LA that are sort of the long-standing ones, right? Like the people who have known you since you were a, maybe not quite a little kid, but you know, the person that you were before you were this adult who had to act like they had it all together. So, you know, you can be really vulnerable with them mm -hmm. and you, they can give you the feedback of like how far you've come and like what, you know, the cool thing that you've 
built and, and that kind of stuff. And then I have friends, you know, now in the New York, like startup community mm-hmm. who are really wonderful to go to for business advice and, you know, just venting about like, you know, the frustrations of getting, oh, man. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, like they have actionable advice for, for things. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a wonderful thing to kind of cultivate these different groups that feed the different parts of what you need as you're starting something. In building the the networks or the friends that you had in New York, you moved from LA. So did you have friends in New York already that you could kind of build upon? Not really. (laughs) I mean, I think I knew like one or two people or was introduced to friends of friends, but I'm shameless. Like I will just, I think I remember when I first got here and this was like years and years ago, but um, I was like writing a blog online at the time and there were a bunch of other in the same (laughs) um, age group who were doing the same thing. And so I just emailed a bunch of them and was like, Hey, I just moved to the city and I've been reading your work and you commented on mine. Like, do you want to be friends? Do you want to have, right. have, have yeah. some wine? <laughs> exactly. It. And I'm sure they initially thought I was like a little bonkers, but I, this is a funny thing, but I included my LinkedIn profile in the email. So they like, <laughs> check me out and see that I was like a normal person. Like you're a human, not some weird, exactly. weird person <laughs> looking for friends. Exactly. Right. And it actually worked. I made some of my like most important longstanding mm. friendships that way. And then of course, you know, then they introduce you to your friends. You just need one person as like a jumping off point, you know? Right. I completely agree. It's like you make one friend and then you never know what circles they could introduce you to or who you might meet. Exactly. You know? So yeah, so important. I love that. Were some of these friends, the new friends you made, were they already entrepreneurs or were they also in the law background or how did you decide or make your friends who are like entrepreneurs, fellow entrepreneurs? Yeah, most of those folks were already in the startup space. So, you know, I've been really, really lucky to have been introduced to a couple of, you know, sort of like informal kind of mastermind-y things, which then turned into real friendships Um, And then I also kind of make it my business to, you know, be as connected as I can, not from like a mercenary networking, you know, capacity, but more just because you never know when you're going to be able to provide value or, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or get some from someone else. So whenever there's an opportunity to join an accelerator or to hop on like a happy hour call or something like that. If I can do it bandwidth wise, I try to. Okay, that's amazing. Being there for others is also really big. So that's big. So now due to the pandemic, there has been this whole loneliness epidemic going on, right? Like how have you maintained your friends? Because you say sounds like you have your circle in New York and you still have your long standing friends who are based in LA and parts of the country or the world. So how would you say you have been able to enrich your bonds? And this is also while running small packages during a pandemic. Like right. did you have time <laughs> or are you just tunnel vision like this has to work? Um like how have you maintained that? How have they supported supported you. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've been so lucky to get a lot of support 
from my friends. I mean, both the longstanding ones and, and the, the newer folks. I mean, I think on some level, you have to give yourself some grace when you're going through a really busy chapter in life. Mm-hmm. I find it's usually a good idea to like be vocal about that, right? Like to tell people like, I'm not ignoring you. I love you. I'm just like doing my best to keep my head above water here. People understand because mm-hmm. everybody has those seasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say before the pandemic, I, my like love friend language is definitely just like time with someone. And so I would kind of quality do, time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would do everything I could to travel as much as I could and just like mm-hmm. show up and like be there with folks. Right. Obviously that is considerably harder <laughs> during this <laughs> period. Um, and so I think it's the same story that everybody else is telling at this point, which is Zoom calls, phone calls, texting. Um, my other thing that I am like really, really married to though is to just not wait until there's like a moment to like, until you have time saved up. Like I think sometimes we tell ourselves like, Oh, I have to call this person, but I haven't talked to them in three months and there's so much to update them on. And so you kind of wait until you have the opportunity to like really download them on everything that's been happening and vice versa. And I feel like with the pace that we're all trying to keep, like, then it just doesn't happen. It just like keeps getting pushed. Right. Longer and longer. Exactly. So I just kind of try to do the thing where like, if someone pops into my head, then I just like send them a text. I'm like, Hey, I was just thinking about you. Hope you're doing great. Have you found that when that happens, like every time something, someone pops into your mind and you reached out to them, most of the time it was like the right moment to reach out to them. (laughs) I find that really interesting. Absolutely. And I think it also works when you have friends who are going through crisis or mm-hmm. going through just something really rough in their lives. In my friend group, we have this thing that's like the um, the no need to respond text message. Like you just put that acronym at the end of it and you're just like, I'm just going to keep sending you these funny memes and these like, you know, professions mm-hmm. of love and et cetera. And like, you don't have to do anything back. You don't have to have the burden of like responding to this. Are you intentional about how you keep your friends in terms of do you have do you schedule Zoom calls? Because something I've noticed um, in being part of like different groups is some people are feeling so lonely. They feel they don't really have friends they could share things with or they could trust with like important stuff. And now this was even before the pandemic, just around New York City. And now with the pandemic, a lot of people are feeling more lonely and, you know, not having those trusted services or board of personal board of directors. So how would you say people can go about to, you know, beat loneliness or find new friends that they can, you know, go ahead and become good friends with? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is that during COVID, it's just much, much harder than it used to be, right? I mean, you used to be a situation in which you could have like a standing group dinner night. Like that's what I had with my friends in LA when I lived there. It was like every Monday night was like girl night. And nice. Like trade, you <laughs> on know, Mondays? On Mondays. Which oh, wow. That's amazing. Like, 
it ended up being the best day because most people like didn't ever really have conflicting plans on Mondays. That's right. That's um, right. The only problem was that sometimes then we would like drink a lot of wine and it was, like, <laughs> over on Tuesday morning. This is like not a good look. Um, <laughs> but so that was something that we always just like had in the calendar and it was standing and we knew it was going to happen. So you didn't have to like, you know, have the whole lift of trying to schedule something. It was like, we'll let you know if it's not happening, but just like assume it is. Um, so that is so much easier to do mm-hmm. when you know you can actually see people in person, but there's no real reason that it can't be the same during these times too. Right. You know, just having, I think having a standing time that you talk to someone and building that into kind of the fabric right. of your life it's much, much easier to maintain a pattern, right? Rather than try to like do the entire lift every time. Well, I love that. So true. That's a gem (laughs) right there. And anything is possible with Zoom now that... Right? Right. We can't give hugs, but we can do almost everything else. So we talked about how you, you know, maintain your friendships and how you've cultivated them and the importance of um, having your trusted circle and friends, you know, when you're making crucial decisions in your life. How would you say you find balance, you know, in terms of all aspects of life? Because we do have our career, we have friends, and then we have ourselves, and there are all other parts of life. But how do you balance your personal needs with, you know, handling and managing small packages and you know with all other demands of the business of life yeah it really is so tough and I think it's tough for everybody I mean no. not, <laughs> not at all just just for me this is an everybody thing um right. I think t- two different things just as like ideas kind of help me deal with this concept the fr- and the first one is the idea of buckets So the idea that like, you know, you might have eight buckets that make up your life, right? Like your friends and your family, Mm -hmm. career, yada, yada. And I think the idea is that each of those buckets has to be full all the time in order for you to be successful. But the reality is that you can only pick three probably in any given day. And so I just kind of try to keep them rotating so that if I look back over like the course of a week or a month, just kind of depending, you know, that it feels like I've kept them all at a relatively okay level. Mm -hmm. And the second idea that really helps me a lot is when you think of the idea of like having all these balls in the air, right? And like you're trying to juggle them and you're trying not to let them drop to remind yourself that some of the balls are made of plastic and some are made of glass. Mm, I, love <laughs> I don't know that. where I, wow. This, this, this did not originate with me. Somebody else. <laughs> but, okay. You know, there, there are certain things that if you let drop, like that's a real problem. You're going to break something. You're going to really let somebody down or you're going to miss an important deadline. And mm. there are things that like, yeah, it would have been cool if you had gotten to it this week, but like there's no real harm if it's next week. You know, Mm -hmm. 
So those are the two things that I try to remind myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that, that's big and that's good. It's, it's also like you said earlier, like giving yourself grace to also just have it all flow as opposed to trying to be in so much control and just knowing you can't do it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not going to say that I am perfect at it. I'm a long way off, but those are the things that I at least try to remind myself as I'm going through it. Growing pains, right? Because you're growing now with small packages and also as small packages grow, you probably get go through challenges where you grow from as a person. So how would you say you, you know, tackle that part of your self growth with um, other people? Like, do you have a, you know, like a spiritual or faith based circle of friends that you, you know, talk to about those side of things? Um, I would say I lean more into my relationships in terms of, um, you know, like getting that coaching that we talked about before. Mm. I'm a big verbal processor. Like I kind of can't uh, okay. think unless I'm talking. <laughs> and so, you know, I have those couple of people that I go to with those problems. Um, you know, my entrepreneurial friends, if they're business problems, you know, people in my family and in my close circle, if they're personal problems, um, but just being able to sort of sort through them, nothing is ever really as big and scary as it feels like in your head once you get it outside, <laughs> you know, when mm, you, true. <laughs> when you describe it in words. It yes. So much less terrifying than when it's taking up just sort of this amorphous cloud space in your head. Well, so true. Get it out of your head and onto paper or just talk yes. about it with someone. <laughs> you know, yeah. I... Yeah, I love that. Where does Julie draw her strength from? Like, how does she keep going? Where does she find the motivation to keep going? Um, I would say it's probably from two things. One, I just love to build. Like, I just love to be creative. Mm. And so this work is self-sustaining to me because I get to, you know, I get to make something and put it out there and, and interact with people about it. So that is very energizing to me. And then the second thing is, you know, I, I get a lot of energy from the people that we serve. It's such an exciting thing to hear customer feedback that, you know, we've made something easier for them or we've really helps them hold on to a relationship or, you know, that we've sort of stepped in in some way that was, you know, something right. really helpful. So I think those are the things that kind of keep me going. How do you wind down alone or how do you have fun? Because fun is a big part of like what you do with, it sounds like it's a big part of what you do with small packages, right? So how do you wind down from that? Or do you feel you're always plugged in? And yeah. <laughs> I try not to be. I mean, I'm really not a proponent of hustle culture. You know, I mean, I think good. <laughs> yeah, are always kind of talking about how, how much they're working and I don't really find that to be actually true or helpful or even if it is true it's probably not a great thing to be telling other people right people sort of like about cycle it. yeah exactly <laughs> so, um I mean I find I'm immensely more efficient if I'm like well rested and like mentally 
you know, doing okay and, and all of those sorts of things. So, um, I mean, I hate to be a broken record, but for me, it's just, it's just people like spending time with the people that mm. I care about. Um, so getting a chance to just sort of like turn off my computer, not be looking at any kind of a screen, go outside, talk to someone I love. Um, I'm also a really big reader and nice sort of disappearing into another world for a while is enormously <laughs> helpful for me because it sort of like switches off that, you know, that part of your brain that's constantly like thinking about improvement, yeah. thinking about what's next. <laughs> the next think. idea. Exactly. Yeah. And just like letting yeah. that part of your brain go to sleep for a minute, I find makes you much more creative and energized. Wow. So how do you find time to read or make time to read? And what do you enjoy reading? I'm mostly a fiction person mm-hmm. because of that reason, right? Like disappearing into another world. Right. Um, I I listen to a lot of business podcasts, you know, if like, yes, <laughs> and, um, you know, just doing chores or when we used to commute. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those days are gone. <laughs> well, for the moment. <laughs> for the moment, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of reading, I, I'm much more of a fiction person. And usually it's, um, it's at night, you know, when I mm. have kind of hit my wall for the day and I can't really, you know, can't really be too much more productive than I sort of switch it off and, and pick up something to read. So you talk about resting. How important is sleep to you and how many hours do you try to get every night? <laughs> um, I would say it's enormously important. Um, I, I feel pretty lucky in the sense that I don't actually like need that much sleep. Um, I think that's just like such a personal human thing. And some people like need eight hours and they can't function otherwise. Um, I kind of wow. six hours person. If I get that, then I'm more or less okay. Um, that's a good amount. Yeah, exactly. Um, have I done okay with less? Yes. I'm in law school, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to not go back to that stage if I don't have to. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, having consistent sleep, I know it's important, but it's also, it's been a challenge for some people um, to do. So that's, um, I, I do like the fact that you put the screen away and you read and, you know, just spend time with your loved ones. Yeah. Those are actually very important things to us. What would you say are some guiding principles of your life that you've collected over the course of your life's journey? Um, I would say probably the primary one is add value. And mm. I got that from my really good friend and mentor. Um, her name is Annie Evans, and she's a, a big person in the New York female founder startup scene. And she really kind of, I think, shows up in that way, just in terms of every conversation, every meeting, you know, not what I, what can I get out of this person or who can they connect me to, but what can I do for them? For them. I love um, it. Yeah. And so in watching her do that, you know, I think I always sort of leaned in that direction, but have kind of made it like a, a really explicit value for myself um, even just at the end of calls, if you, if I haven't figured it out already, literally asking the other person, you know, like, 
based on what you know about me now, is there anything that I can do for you or any way that I can be helpful? Is there something that you like to share with my world? Uh, well, I mean, nothing really comes to mind other than what we had talked about before in terms of, you know, just not waiting until you have a ton of time to reach out and connect to people that you're missing. I think connection is the thing we're most kind of missing right now in the world. And every little bit counts a lot. So people reach out to your loved ones. They want to hear from you. (laughs) Make the first move. Yes. Yes. Um, Is there anything I can do to make your day better? No, you made it better. (laughs) It was so fun getting a chance to chat with you. Right. (laughs) All right. Um, That's um, good to know. So for everyone who's listening, you can find small packages at smallpackages.co. Is there any other way, Julie, that people can discover you and they can reach out to you or small packages? Yeah, absolutely. We are on all the social media platforms, but we are most active on Instagram and you can find us there. So this has been so wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing part of your story and your background with us. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much again. Oh, you too. I hope to talk to you soon. That was such a great conversation with Julie, right? I hope you got a lot out of it as much as I did. You'll not believe that this was recorded last year and it's still so relevant right now. I'm so sorry I kept this from you all for so long. I know I haven't nurtured my friends recently as much as I'd love to. But yeah, I love how Julie has maintained and cultivated her friendships and how she's built a personal board of directors. A few things I took away from this conversation are learning to work with what excites you and what energizes you, like know what motivates you and drives you and do more of those and remember to find time to rest and play. Julie knew to get out of the legal field where she had no drive anymore and she dared to create her own company and still make time for fun and rest. The second thing is creating your own personal board of directors. It's good to always observe and know who in your life doesn't have a set agenda for you. Some people love seeing you flourish and they want you to, so they support whatever vision you're going after. And some people might put you down in subliminal ways. Those might be people who cannot bear to see you succeed. And this is why we navigate friendships. The third thing I got, reach out to people, people. Julie is amazing. I love her courage and bravado. Did you hear how she reached out to people when she had just moved to New York? And those people are still some of her closest friends today. You need to be bold in connecting. If you see someone you feel you might connect with on a professional or personal level, reach out and attach a LinkedIn profile or something that shows you're real, according to Julie. And then give yourself grace when you're going through busy periods of your life and trying to keep your head above the water. 
When it comes to processing things, I love that Julie said to write things out on paper, especially if you're a person who lives in your head. That's for me. <laughs> but writing will save your soul, literally. So take that advice very seriously. Know how you nurture or go deeper with people. Like Julie, mind's quality time as well. It reminded me of the five love languages. And the pandemic has made it tough because I know I'm the type of person that grows with my friends in real life and not just online. So something Julie said was having a frequent standing time when you talk to your friends, it's almost a must these days. If not, you'll never find the time to connect if both parties don't agree to create this. Remember, it's more about what you can do for them and focusing on service. You don't need to wait for the other person to reach out to you first. There were so many other gems and tips that Julie shared, but I'll end here for now. At the end of the day, life's about spending time with people you love and connection is what we're missing right now in the world. And that's the most important thing when you're older. So in wrapping up, really think about what areas of your life you might be lacking support in the friendships and professional departments. What's something you can take away from this conversation and implement today or tomorrow? Who are the people in your trusted circle now that you can share freely with or who would you like to be in it? Who's one person that you felt you really connected with before in the past and maybe you fell out of connection and you'd like to pick your friendship back up again? Maybe you both just fell off due to the busyness of life. I personally feel that everyone's still trying to navigate their lives during this pandemic season. Can you send a message to that person today? You could say, hey, it's been a while. I've been thinking about you. Hope all is well. Would love to chat soon. Let me know when you have some time. Simple, short, send. Having good friends takes time and intentional action, and you can create and schedule love from afar. And that's it for today. I hope this helps you on your journey to creating long-lasting friendships. And until the next episode, be badass fabulous for the greater good. Thanks for listening.